Welcome to Machine Learning Bible Imagery. Zion prospers. Jeremiah 51, 36. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will plead thy cause and take vengeance for thee. I will dry up her sea and make her springs dry, and Babylon shall become heaps, a dwelling place for dragons, and an astonishment and a hissing without an inhabitant. And they shall roar like... They shall roar together like lions. They shall yell as lions yelps. In their heat I will make their feast. I will make them drunken that they may rejoice and sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake, saith the Lord. God is our advocate. He understands our circumstances and conditions. God cares about us. He watches over each of us personally. We are not alone or forsaken. When Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt, the Lord appeared in a pillar of fire. He protected the children of Israel. Eventually, the Lord destroyed the Egyptian soldiers in the Red Sea. Interestingly, the Egyptians continued to pursue the house of Israel despite seeing the pillar of fire. Therefore, they were soldiers of the devil, and God would bring vengeance upon them. Likewise, Jeremiah, a true prophet, would be held in a dungeon until liberated by an Ethiopian who heard of his situation. In our century, Joseph Smith was imprisoned in Carthage jail on false charges and purely upon animosity of his prophecies. A prophet is not always welcome and accepted by the world because they do not want to keep the commandments of God. In many aspects, they are in rebellion against God because they defy him and his power. The Lord is building Zion. The Lord will create on every dwelling place of Mount Zion and her assemblies a cloud of smoke by day and a shining of flaming fire by night. For over all the glory there will be a covering. For the Lord will build Zion and he will appear in his glory. God is a God of glory and power. He expects courage, faith, and hope from us. He expects, well, we are expected to be obedient to his commandments and wishes. We are to depend upon God in all things. Our greatest objective should be to build up Zion. The ideal of Zion is so great that the city of Enoch will return to the earth to celebrate Zion. The celebration of Zion is the realization and the fulfillment of the plan of Heavenly Father. The great promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are made possible to both past and present individuals. Zion will be a time of exchange. The innovations in technology and creation will be diverse. Experts from many fields of study will be sought out and share their knowledge empowering the individual to greater capability and action. Everything will not be given. We will still work, create, and believe. The main difference in Zion is the amount of resources made available by the group to fulfill the needs of all. Cooperation will be preferred over competition. Men will help their brothers succeed and become great without jealousy. Groups will engage in commerce that will bring value to others. A great spirit of capitalism will become widespread. As peace increases, so will prosperity. 
Babylon's economy will collapse, having favored and promoted scarcity for the masses, targeting population reduction to one billion and the abundance for the elite. Babylon's rebellion will not go unnoticed by the Lord. Babylon's promotion of drugs, sexual immorality, and slavery will become appalling. Babylon's promotion of slave wages and meaningless labor will become intolerable as money dies. Babylon will not be the place for families. Babylon's campaign to destroy the family, all religions, and to suppress scientific discovery and to dumb down education and eliminate cheap nuclear energy, to remove firearms and private property, and to stop all good government will come at a cost. The Lord will bring vengeance against Babylon for its rebellion and enslavement of his people. Zion will be a beautiful and power and powerful. What can we do to quali- qualify as residents of Zion, the pure in heart? I think the heart is the whole test. Zion is the graduation of the test. If we being tested to see if we will love the Lord under all conditions, easy and hard, good and evil, and fun or boring, our heart gives us courage during impossible times to remain true and faithful. Our heart gives us the courage and passion to believe we can do. We can do hard things. The intense devotion to our dreams, our beliefs, loyalty, and honor to the priesthood are reflections of our heart. A pure heart comes through discipline to avoid the subtle temptations and pressures of Satan. A pure heart is in tune with the spirit and discerns between good and evil. The man with a pure heart is a man who values the honor and pleasure of the Lord above his own. He is a man who can call upon by the Lord to act and he will do it. A man with a pure heart does not hurt the innocent or shed innocent blood. He is gentle and careful about the people's feelings. He has a good sense of humor and is a pleasure to be around. He brings light and truth into the room. He is fun to listen to. He is a joy to be near. A man with a pure heart is trustworthy and dependable. He is not afraid to defend the truth. He is valiant in defending the standards and principles of the gospel. He is in tune with the suffering of others. He is capable of offering comfort and relief both physically and spiritually. He is he is his kid's champion and hero. He is a man who his kids admire and look up to. He is a man who kids don't want to disappoint. He helps his children by giving them expectations of greatness, then silently believes in their ability, and from time to time is pleasantly surprised when his kids perform up to his expectations. He is a man who can cry with his kids when they have disappointments, tragedies, and sorrows. He is a man who faces death and remains calm, strong, and disciplined. He thinks right thoughts. He sacrifices where necessary to gain his reward. He works hard in the cold and in the rain to put food on the table and a roof overhead. He laughs at his wife's humor even though it may seem dry to him. He listens to his children play the piano and fills the spirit. The pure in heart is not too far away. We live each day trying to become more like Jesus and more compassionate. We 
become like Christ by being pure in heart. The pure in heart is Jesus. He did a kind act for all mankind. He saved us from death and sin. He helped us every step of the way. At times, he lets us know our works are acceptable. He chastens us to help us us repent. He does kind things for us. He listens to us and understands. He is a good friend because he accepts our human condition. There is a better way. The prophet taught the law of consecration according to the United Order. The Lord's ministry was without purse or script. The Lord's servants lived the law of consecration. The higher law gives all to the Lord, and in return, the people receive his help through faith. The Lord becomes the source of life. The city of Zion is the heavenly city on earth. All things are held in common, and there are no poor among the people. The citizens are the people of God. The people of Zion will live the law of consecration and practice the united order. Every man will receive according to his needs. Good ideas will gain resource support from the united order. Large corporate waste will be history. There are no limits to growth. The mathematician's claim of limited resource is an error while God is at the helm. He created a world capable of sustaining life for centuries into the future. People should have families. Resources should become thousands of times cheaper to offset currency devaluation. People should be free and happy to produce and create value. There are no limits to production and resources. Innovation creates efficiency. High prices create opportunity to innovate. Business and technology will combine to reduce cost. We are like our creator. We, are, we like to create for the greater good. Creation is proof there is no scarcity because within us is the ability to create and make more of little. Smaller government will mean less policies that inhibit growth. Less regulation will mean lower cost. Prices will drop. Hydroponics could feed 500 billion people on 1% of the land. We have plenty of food in the future if we are good. A free market system would be better. Zion will be based on the principles of free trade and commerce, and all nations will flow up to her because of her wealth and prosperity. Men of integrity and honesty will build Zion's commerce. It will be an exciting time of commerce and trade. Individuals will be better informed and more empowered. Remember how a rich man approached the master and asked what was required to enter in the kingdom of God? The Lord was pleased with the personality of the young man. He was confident and successful and intelligent. The Lord recited scripture to the young man, to which the youth said, All these things I have done since my youth. He seemed sincere. The young man had kept the law of Moses. Jesus then said, Go and sell all that you have and come follow me. The youth had great wealth. He had not anticipated the request for sacrifice. The standard of sacrifice was too much for him to bear. He was not ready to give all that he had to the Lord. He was not willing to live the higher law of consecration. His heart was not broken. Perhaps as he walked away from the Lord, he shed a few tears, realizing the road to discipleship was not easy. He would wait to make the commitment. The business deal was not in his favor. He lacked vision to see the profound life of a disciple and the privilege to follow Christ's way. 
How many lives have been lost because he could not give his wealth? Why were his material possessions so important to his self-worth? Instead of the thrill of gold or silver coin, he would have enjoyed and rejoiced in the salvation of those who he helped to save. A tragedy had occurred. What would a man give to save his soul? The prophet Joseph Smith gave all to build the kingdom of God. He taught a better way of building an industry. He united an army to protect property rights and to protect the general welfare of the citizens. He organized the city and brought land for the homes, uh, bought land for homes. He governed the city of Nauvoo with prudence. He followed in the discipleship of Christ. The sacred powers of God are reserved for those who are obedient and love the Lord. He has great plans, things planned. Love, companionship, and devotion are all part of his way. A person does not need to be alone. He is entitled to the companionship of the Holy Spirit. The world does not have the answers to needs. In the world, people are wandering, endlessly searching, and dabbling in one thing after another, but never finding the delicious fruit of the gospel that fills the heart with joy. The gospel was fulfilling and edifying. The gospel gives purpose to life. It is a source of dedication and direction. The rich young merchant had many things he owned, but none of those things had lasting value. He failed to see his treasures in heaven. Would he have been given to the poor and naked and hungry if he had faith to believe? What caused him to doubt and look away? Why did he fear? The Lord could see in the young man potential. He could see the man was successful because he was an intelligent and likable person. Yet when the Lord asked the young man to make a sacrifice that was difficult and required much effort, there was the phrase, You asked too much. That resounded. Sacrifice is required to become great. Sweat, discipline, focus, and love are necessary to become great. The pathway to Zion is not easy. It requires work. Nothing great comes without work. Had the young man followed the example of the apostle Peter and dropped his fishing net to follow the Lord, perhaps one day looking back, he would see a somewhat selfish young man transformed into a mighty servant of God, a servant capable of being an angel agent of righteousness to save many souls in the name of Christ that is worth of, of one soul what is the worth of one soul we love what we set as our priority to keep setting priorities helps us build focus as we focus we gain insight we are responsible for what we say we are responsible to understand what other people are saying we are responsible for our actions and behaviors we can let go of ego and seek understanding. Patience is our friend. Discipline is our friend. Hope builds confidence. Moses, like Joseph Smith, held the Melchizedek priesthood and presided as president over the house of Israel. In essence, the house of Israel was the church. Moses' seventies were governed by Moses. They regulated the church and, and stand as judges over house of Israel. The Quorum of Twelve, governed by Moses, and helped him to judge and govern the house of Israel. Similarly, the Quorum of Twelve today stand by the prophet and help him. Aaron presides over the Levites. Aaron served as a counselor to Moses, acting as a presiding bishop. The Levites were 
the property of God given as a sacrifice for sparing the firstborn by the destroying angel. The Levites helped the priests by performing the sacrifices. Aaron wore the breastplate. Moses received revelation from God for the people. He was a seer. Likewise, Joseph Smith received revelation about future events, truths about the governing the house of Israel, the visions relating to the last days. Moses delivered the house of Israel from Pharaoh and his apostate ruling rule of tyranny. Joseph delivered the righteous house of Israel from bondage through restored truths, covenants, and priesthood power. Both Moses and Joseph being the gathering of house of Israel and led them to the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. We call this land Zion, a place pure in heart dwell. The holy city is a place where God resides. Enter the promised land foreshadows the return home to God. Moses had the sealing power to bring the destruction by fire and water upon the Egyptians. The armies of the Pharaoh drowned in the Red Sea. Their deaths were sealed by Moses as judgment for fighting against house of Israel. Joseph Smith bestowed the quorum of the twelve with all the priesthood keys, reserving the right to exercise all keys to himself. The keys of the kingdom resided with the prophet to preside and govern the kingdom. The gospel of Heavenly Father came first to America through the prophet Joseph Smith, who received the keys of Elijah and the keys of Moses. The great gathering brought spiritual and physical, made America bound in wealth. The gathering brought individuals of talent together in a rich network of ideas, trade, governance, and industry. Without the covenant people, the world would be without salt, and it would have lax savor. A seer has the knowledge to unlock and make things understandable. It is a similar process that occurred during the translation of the Book of Mormon. Joseph unlocked the meaning of the ideas and the glyphs of the gold plates. When he looked upon the plates through the Urim and Thummim, he understood how the Reformed Egyptian and Hebrew translated into ideas and words in his mind. Interestingly, Greek and Hebrew words and names were included in the record. The Egyptian glyphs are a condensed form of communication. The glyphs often create an image that denote a relationship or a concept. Through the process of translation, the prophet Joseph Smith was able to communicate their meanings into English language. The process of translation required prayer and fasting. Oliver Cowdery tried to translate and failed. His mind had not been properly prepared to translate. Joseph completed the translation of one-third of the gold plates into the Book of Mormon in less than three months. He applied the Yerman Thummim to correct the errors in the translation of the Holy Bible, resulting in a more perfect translation. He outdid the intellectual scholars of the day because he could see past, present, and future and get the correct context of the doctrines being described. He could restore the plain and precious doctrines removed from the Bible by the devil to create stumbling block for the Gentiles. Joseph Smith was the prophet of God and was chosen by him to usher in the restored gospel of Jesus Christ and end the great apostasy that lasted over one and a half thousand years, almost two. It is one of the greatest events in recorded history and so remarkable was the first vision that all the eternity was changed as a result. Joseph Smith saw by revelation the civil war and the issue of slavery bringing about bloodshed. 
the Lamanites and Gentiles are to be free. He saw the curse of slavery being lifted by the Civil War. The Civil War started as a tax revolt and ended over the issue of slavery. Slavery was against the order of heaven. The restoration of the Lord's Church occurred April 6, 1830. Thirty years later, the Civil War erupted. The American Union came under a constitutional crisis. During the time, the Lamanites watched as states fought each other, as father fought son, as brother fought brother. The land of inheritance was turned into a bloody battleground. Peace among families was disturbed. Carnage and destruction were common in every, in once beautiful cities in the South. Eventually, the Civil War ended and General Lee surrendered. In the 19th century, the Prophet Joseph Smith has had the most influence on both the destinies of man and on the destiny of America than any other. The doctrines of salvation formed the American religion and set in order the path for great reformation and restitution of lost truths and power from God. His achievement as a prophet, seer, and revelator cannot be dismissed in this dispensation. The prophet's success was not susceptible to priestcraft because of direct revelation and accountability to Christ. The prophet had the soul of integrity unlike, unlike anyone known. The prophet was the greatest man on the earth as a mortal being. To listen to him was life-changing event. To see him was a great witness. Many felt that they were in the presence of the Lord when they met the prophet, a man of God. As a general of the Legion army, he looked like a god. Even some of his enemies turned their hatred from the prophet after meeting him in person. The prophet spent time explaining the positions and views of the saints. People were thrilled to see the prophet Joseph Smith. Some said to shake his hand was electrifying and thrilling. There was excitement to meet a living prophet of God in this, the dispensation, the fullness of times. One person said the experience was too sacred to mention out loud. The prophet was accomplished and a powerful chief, powerful and eloquent in his appearance. His countenance was affable, beaming with intelligence and mild mannerisms. The prophet's countenance um, matched his mood and emotions. The listener was fully engaged in the message of the prophet. The congregations listened to the prophet for hours, laughing and weeping sometimes in poor weather conditions. The prophet had a physical and mental state to fear no combat nor turn down any test of strength. He had an indomitable will and was brave as a lion. D&C 45 For the Lord shall be in their midst, and his glory shall be upon them, and he will be their king and their lawgiver. Joseph Smith said this of Zion, I gave them instructions in relationship to the spirit of prophecy and called upon the congregation to speak and not fear prophecy good concerning the saints. For if you prophesy the fall of these hills and the rise of these valleys, the downfall of the enemies of Zion and the rise of the kingdom of God, it shall come to pass. Do not quench the spirit. For the first one that opens his mouth shall receive the spirit of prophecy.